1: This is Off-Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to an Off-Track with Hinch and Rossi.
2: Um, it's a Wednesday, Alex. And Off-Track with Hinch and Rossi? Is that what he said? Yeah, he said and Off-Track, like like we're one of many.
1: Oh, uh, well, we, well I mean we are. But I think what I meant to say, I, don't I normally say welcome to another episode? Yeah,
2: that's what you usually say. Not what you said this time. Yeah. Cheers. Hello
3: and welcome. Do you want to know what's cool? Is like these videos aren't relevant anymore, so we could theoretically all do this naked.
1: It's a weird thing to jump to. Like you could have said we could like not look at the cameras or we could still be texting on our phones when other people are talking, but you jumped straight into the naked thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We're all, all right, going to be. Now. Hey, hey, we're all going to be skins.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'm no. on vacation, guys. This oh is God. how it works.
2: <laughs> Alex, you started it.
3: <laughs> I have someone in my house. I can't. <laughs> like, that's not... I can't do that. Fine.
2: So the one who suggested it. No, you know what? I'm keeping mine off. Honestly,
3: I didn't suggest it as a, as a thing to do. I just suggested it as like... A possibility. The point is we can really do whatever the we want. On the God, video I'm moment. white. Because it doesn't matter. Yeah, Dude, <laughs> I thought You literally blend in with your wall.
2: Yeah. <laughs> if, Actually, I think like I'm were... looking at me in person. I'm I'm darker than that. If you I, uh, if you did
1: that thing you... where it blurs out your background, unlike the camera, it would just be your face. <laughs> like it would body. just be your
2: head. It would blur out your whole body. It would assume it's the wall. Let's try it. Let's try it. I like that we're going to talk about this and then not show the show video. video anymore. <laughs> uh, sorry, everybody that's
1: <laughs> listening. Well, hey guys, so um, how is everybody's weekend? I guess that's how we normally start these oh, no, it still gets your body. it's unfortunate No, no. Mm.
3: it's a little floaty.
2: It's weird. It doesn't get the microphone here, oh, yeah anyway mm-hmm. what uh
1: what'd uh, you I do this weekend sure. alex yeah. how was your uh, how was your weekend?
3: My weekend was good, James. I hung out with your wife um she oh yeah. She uh, she was a great addition to the group, um, you know. But myself and Stephen, um, you know, paid for her way, which was fine, because we knew we were just gonna send you Apple Pay requests, um, which was gonna split the total of her cost for the day. And it was really strange because all of our Apple pay requests went either unanswered or the middle finger was sent as reply. No, 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 no. Um, The
1: reply was a, it was a reciprocal request for $1 more than what you had requested.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much the same thing as a middle finger, which I don't really really understand how that works. When you say
1: it that way. So, well, here's the thing. Now I feel a little bit bad because when both of those messages came through with the requests, I text Becky and I said, did you not bring your wallet? She goes, no, I did. And so I was like, oh, okay, so they're just f-ing with me. I, so I assumed that she had paid for herself. I didn't realize that this actually, that I actually owe you 25 bucks.
3: You don't owe us anything. And we were more than happy to pay for Becky. It was just very funny <laughs> that when we both requested cash for her said meals and beverages throughout the day, um, you were just like, It no. actually cost you. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: oh that's good that is rich um i know so you and did you go go pumpkin
3: pumpkin picking we brunched and we did fall things we didn't do pumpkins quite yet um we went to an apple orchard oh that was it and so instead of throwing you know corn across (laughs) fields we just threw apples across orchards oh we did this again huh which was awesome um we got let's see we got um apple cider slushies, which I'd never heard of before, and they were delicious, especially when we poured, you know, bourbon in them. Yep. Um, what else do we do? We tried apple pie donuts. Um, I imagine that
1: was amazing. I
3: once, I once again beat Steven at Cornhole. Um, what else do we do? Then we went to Carmel, and we played board games in the plaza, and then we went back to Zionsville, where the day originated for brunch, and had Kind of dinner um, at the Salty Cowboy. So essentially, we did Brunner. We did a traveling <laughs> Brunner without you, um, which Becky quite enjoyed because usually she's the one that misses out on all these fun. Activities. That is true. And this time, this time it was you. It's true, because you were working and she was at home. Yes, that
1: is that is accurate. That's fair. That's fair on all accounts. Uh, it sounds like a heck of a day. I'm sorry I missed it. I was busy at Road Atlanta, where you normally would have been. The last few Mm. years, you would have been suffering there with me, and it would have just been Steven and the girls.
3: How the turns have tabled.
1: Indeed. (laughs) How they have tabled, indeed. Uh, Yes. And then
2: what? now I really want an apple cider slush. I really want an apple pie donut.
3: You know what? Together, it's too much apple
2: mm. stuff. Yeah, I can see that.
3: You don't want to wash down the apple pie donut with an apple cider slushy. Right.
2: So where I went to school, they had an apple store on campus, like just just sold everything apple related not like apple I was like, <laughs> so mean, it was too just, easy it was too easy yeah yeah so yeah i'm very familiar with hot apple cider apple cider slushes apple donuts well apple if you want to go
1: apple picking you should go to county line orchard
2: up in this north of indianapolis
1: northern indiana you should check it out it's one of the nicest apple orchards i've ever been to and the donuts they sell are amazing the apples are great it's fun for the whole family Say, so, hey, ride
2: just petting zoo. You know what I think's overrated, though? Apple pie. I think you should shut your f-ing dumb mouth. That's it. I just think oh, look, it's fine, but when it comes to pies, I think it's my least favorite it's pie. It's the number one pie. It's not... Wrong. Pumpkin. Incorrect. Yeah, pumpkin pie, pecan pie. Oh, my... god. Yep. Okay, Larry's yeah. pecan pie, which is pecan pie, by the way,
3: chocolate, is like, chocolate Chocolate pie? Chocolate, like, chocolate like pie? That's a the thing.
2: Choc- no, it is. Yeah, it I know is. what he's talking about, but I think it's called something else, but I know yeah. what he's talking about.
3: It's kind of like
1: it's a like mousse. the
2: chocolate mousse in it. Yeah, yep. is that is that mud pie? pie?
1: I've heard of mud pie. Is that mud pie? That...
3: No, chocolate mud pie is a little pie. denser. Um, and then I would I would even put I would even put like a like a blackberry pie. Have
1: oh,
2: absolutely, hundred percent.
3: What are you guys yeah. even talking about? Blackberry
1: pie. Dude, apple pie is average. At You're best. eating the wrong apple pies. Yeah. Can I no, – can not. we wait? Hang I've, on a minute. Hang on I've a minute. had a lot of us We're going we're gonna to come back to you guys being wrong about apple pie in a sec. I, what's your sti- – is key lime pie a pie? I feel like it's not a real pie. Yes. It's yeah. Kind of like, it's kind of like pumpkin pie. Like uh, to me like, that it's delicious? To me, pies have to have crust like on top and bottom. Like it's like a – like a, it has to be an you know enclosed right.
2: thing.
3: No. Nope. Why not? That's You're
1: more thinking of
2: calzones. That's...
3: <laughs> no, that's more of a <laughs> – that's more of a. Uh, uh, it's <laughs> not a tart, but there's another there's another form tart. of what but you're no, talking but,
1: about. But do you, do you see what I'm saying? I feel like there should be some sort of like category definition between like pies, like pumpkin pie and It'd key lime made pie. Made in a pie tin. No, no, but then it has the pie crust on top as well, or like like more. You know what I mean? No. Nope. Okay. You're absolutely wrong. The pumpkin pie is the best. That's just that's just categorically untrue. No, oh,
2: you're insane. I think Dude, pumpkin pie is by far the best. Pie. Oh my god, that's without a doubt. You guys
1: and your you probably drink pumpkin spice lattes
2: right now too, don't you? Uh, actually, that kind of sounds. Oh good. my god, Tim. Yeah.
3: I mean. I'm more, I'm more of a soy vanilla latte guy. Did you know myself? Pumpkin
2: Spice, I just heard this on the radio, Pumpkin Spice lattes have been around for 20 years now. I mean, yeah, that sounds about yeah. right, actually.
1: I wouldn't have guessed that, but now that you said it, I think back to the first time somebody said that to me, and I wanted so to punch I, it. I went
3: to Whole Foods. Tim, you should, you should pop into a Whole Foods, because um, the Whole Foods brand, that 365 brand, came out with these pumpkin pie ice cream bars. Or ice cream Absolutely. sandwiches. I nope, should say. Doing that
2: today, getting that today. Uh,
3: I opened one last night, and I was like, "That's really good." I gave Kelly a bite, and she looked at me and she said, "You better like, where's mine?" Type of thing. And she isn't really. <laughs> <laughs> one of the All better right. things I've ever had from a dessert perspective. I can see that being good. Um, but anyways, so that was my Saturday, Sunday. I watched football, made some sports bets. Plus or minus
1: on the on the weekend.
3: Big oh, plus. big winner! No. Not only not only plus on the weekend, now back to plus on my career. Oh, so
1: you had a good week, so a really good weekend. It's
3: been a, it's been a wild turn of events. Guys. Wild
1: ride over the last seven days. Because seven days yes. ago, you were ready to delete the app and quit completely. But you only yep. lose if you quit. Double down. You're always going to come
2: back. <laughs> so there are there are yeah. two ballot initiatives in California next month about online gambling in California. Oh, it's great. Like, and good for society trying to legalize it and then there's what's kind of funny about it is there's all these uh, ads against it they're like gambling's going to ruin society paid for by the native american tribes that have casinos (laughs) because they just don't want the competition right (laughs) but uh uh i kind of hope it fails just because i'm gonna lose a lot of money if it gets legalized because i'm just gonna i can see myself texting alex on sundays be like what should i put my money on like what are we doing and I don't think that'll be good for me. No, it won't because I'm in
3: three different group chats that <laughs> exclusively discuss what we like for the evening.
2: <laughs> just add me on all three if this passes. All right, all right. Oh, Tim,
3: what did you do, James?
1: Uh, I was at Road America or Road Atlanta. I was I was uh, oh, right. attending the 25th yeah. anniversary. about
3: something interesting of the Motul hey, Team this weekend.
1: No. Hey, come on now. That last, you know, I do want to talk about this. I do want to talk about Patima. So, I know you don't because you're personally hurt by what happened. Oh, yeah. So the only the only one that I want to talk about is was the DPI class where two teams went in so close in points so that basically is whoever finished in front of the other one was going to win
3: the championship. Regardless of that finishing position, right. it could have been fifth, fifth and, and sixth, six.
1: right? Correct. So, and and. Those are the two two Acuras. There's seven cars in the class. Two Acuras, five Cadillacs. And the Cadillacs were, like, dominant in practice. They were just so much faster in practice. And we thought it was going to be a Cadillac. I called a 1-2-3 in qualifying. I was very wrong. It was an Acura 1-3. Cadillac P2. And Tom Blomquist in the 60s, Shank car, Meyer Shankar, Qualified a Pole. Brilliant effort. Really good job. Ricky Taylor in the number 10 Acura, who came in with the slight lead in the championship. But again, didn't really matter because whoever finished first won. He qualified third. Had a bit of an issue in qualifying that led to a whole strategy thing in the race where he had to pit on lap one for new tires. Doesn't matter. These guys go through the race kind of ebbing and flowing. For a lot of the race, they're kind of in the back half of the DPI grid, to be honest. And then when it came time to be running for it, they were one and two. They got themselves to the front and the 10 car was leading with an hour to go, kind of cruising, not cruising, you know, driving for his life and his championship, but like in a comfortable position. And then a caution comes out. And the caution itself was pretty funny. The caution came out cuz the two Ganassi DPi cars decided to just absolutely destroy each other and go off in the fastest corners. Yes.
3: Fender blast each other. It yeah. was
1: like, like if there, everybody knows there's one rule in racing, it's don't take out your teammate, right? And especially if your boss is Chip Ganassi, and they did that, they just blatantly.
3: Michael Andretti wasn't too happy about it either.
1: <laughs> True. Great point. Great point. So, I mean, none of them are. None of them are. And, uh, oh, yeah, so these yeah, two guys yeah. for, for good reason, for very good reason. And, uh, these two guys less than an hour to go, or about an hour to go. They were running like third and fourth, maybe whatever, fourth and fifth, whatever it was just very ill-advised move. Both guys. I mean, one guy was certainly more to blame, but both guys
2: carry some, I guess, responsibility.
3: No, no. I think it was, yeah, it was the majority of the one.
2: Right. Guy. Mainly the one guy. I didn't, I didn't watch who's uh, who's the one guy. Or are we not talking? <laughs> about Renger, Renger zendi Okay who I, I like her. He's a great driver. Good dude. But yeah, that was
1: a misjudgment in a big, big way late in a race. Anyway, causes a caution. That means all the DPI are going to come in. They're going to pit one last time. So now it's a race on pit road and the 60 Meyer Shank crew beat the 10 Wayne Taylor racing crew out of the pits. And it's tough to pass, which because is like, sorry. Yeah, go
3: ahead. It's so, so you No, know, it's, it's really unbelievable to think that that can happen. So for those that don't know um, kind of how DPI works, it's not like IndyCar. There's a maximum fuel flow um, rate that you can have. So you cannot go quicker than 30 seconds. So it's a minimum fill time of 30 seconds uh, to fill the car. For a full right. fill. And, and that's because you know you're dealing with different man- for full fill. You're dealing with different manufacturers, um, so different, drastically different car builds and engine mileage and fuel cells and everything so they're trying to make it as even as possible which means that to do a full fuel and uh, change four tires you legitimately have 30 seconds to change four tires versus on an indycar stop you're trying to get it done in you know that six to eight second window um, because that's how long you know the car is going to be stationary to get a full of fuel so usually pit stops are pretty much status quo as you come in is, is how you go out because everyone's kind of right on that 30 seconds. The only time where you can really make an ad, an advantage is because you know that person x that you're competing against is going to be on a 30 seconds. You can pull fuel early and potentially get the track position, but then you'll obviously have to pay the piper at some point on the back end because you're going to have less fuel to burn, and you have to make up the mileage, etc. Well, neither car pulled fuel. Like everyone did a full fuel and unfortunately, for whatever reason, one of the, the front tires was just slow to go on the 10 car. And what usually is a routine, like super easy stop, I don't know if it's because it's endurance racing, you know, you've been on your feet all day, you're tired, it's nighttime, maybe it was nighttime, whatever the reason, like their entire season came down to this one pit stop, ultimately. So they left pit lane um, behind the 60 car, and, and and that was kind of the the nail in the coffin for him.
1: it's just crazy. I mean, it's, it's such a good way of putting it a, eh? like you have your entire season comes down to a single pit stop and that just happens to be, well, you know, how many pit stops does a DPI team do over a season? Yeah. You know, like dozens.
3: Un- unbelievable. Amount. Dozens. Yes.
1: Probably like, like dozens. And it comes out of one and that one, something went wrong on a tire and that was what decided it. Now, there was still the opportunity to go out and race, and uh, and Felipe Albuquerque did a great job to close, once they went green, Bloomquist had pulled out like a four, five, six second gap, he got right back to him, and then ultimately suffered damage from contact with the GT car with like 15 minutes to go, which was tragic because it kind of robbed everybody of like a really good dogfight at the end, because he'd closed up, like I said, like a six second advantage, was right on the tail of the 60 car. And uh, <clears throat> suffered damage from a GT car, and, and that was kind of all she wrote. So, congrats to uh, <clears throat> to Tom Blomquist, Ollie Jarvis, uh, Neves, Mike Shank, and everybody at Meyer Shank for uh, for the championship. Incredible effort all season long, they held on to it more podiums than anybody. But man, that was one of those ones where you're just like you're watching you're like, this sport sucks, man. Like, you, you look at the the Wayne Taylor crew, the drivers, everybody involved, and you just feel so bad for everyone that it came down to that. Someone else's mistake causing the yellow that led to the pit stop, that let, you know, if that had happened under a green flag pit stop cycle, it might not have been a difference. I mean, Philippe had enough of a gap that you probably could have been one second slower on a tire change and been okay, but in a yellow flag stop just wasn't the case and it was, Devastating,
3: and that's the end of DPI. That's, that's the end of what has been a, a remarkable comeback for sports car racing. And you have to give immense credit to <clears throat> IMSA, to um, to the France family, to everyone involved from the NASCAR side to obviously the sports car side, all the manufacturers, the teams. You know, even though for this past kind of two years, the car count's only been six or seven. The health and trajectory of that championship and that series in combination with what they've done with the ACO and WEC in and, and Europe and bringing together global sports car programs is very impressive and, and really, really cool to see, um, You know, all of the, the manufacturer interest that's coming into LMDH or GTP or whatever you wanna call it. For next year, um, the car count for Daytona is going to be massive. There's going to be cross kind of pollination with, um, you know, American teams and European teams. U.S. teams are going to go to Le Mans. European teams are going to come race to Daytona. And I think it's just, it's really paved a path and shown a a kind of an outline of, of, you know, what is possible. And, you know, I think, you know, when we look at it from the IndyCar perspective, I can't help but be a little bit jealous, you know, of, of what they've kind of done in, in a fairly short period of time. So um it's it's certainly cool to see. It was amazing to be a part of the DPI era. Those cars were pretty sensational in, in a lot of respects. And um, it'll be cool to to watch Daytona this year and and you know look forward to driving an LMDH car here in the future.
1: Do you have plans to drive an LMDH car?
3: Um not immediate, but yes. Yes. I will get to sample one at one point
1: like are you are you able to say if you're doing daytona next year and you can say
3: no i am 100 percent not no i'm not doing daytona next okay. year. nope not at all okay no sports car racing for alex prior <clears throat> to september of 2023 got it prior to october of 2023
1: got it got it got it <clears throat> uh frankly cool. yeah dude, the new gtp cars look awesome and i know they were testing at road atlanta the next oh, day like amazing or wicked um it's funny because they're like a whole lot bigger like I I saw them at petite It's amazing how much just physically larger those cars are.
3: It's weird that it seems like everything seems to be going in that direction when yeah. you look at f1 and the size of the length and width of those things and I, I don't really understand it because I don't think The hybrid takes up that much more
2: space. I it's, think it's, it's purely is part a performance of it. design standpoint Yeah, okay. and we, we consider that the drivers are just getting smaller
1: no,
2: no, nope. no, no, no. Dumb joke. <laughs> Correct. That is accurate.
0: That is accurate. Um. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from sling, the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run 21 plus only must be present in
3: Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply.
0: The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes.
1: Why do you care about chess?
2: Okay, well this actually ties to a bigger conversation. Okay, oh, never so, mind. I don't that's enough. I don't I'm good. No, it ties into it ties into sports <clears throat> betting in general. So, as sports betting's taken off, more and more people are betting on more obscure. B- so there's like a robust sports betting market for chess and a robust sports betting market for competitive fishing which has led to a bunch of people just rampantly cheating. So there's this whole big deal in chess right now where some American grandmaster is being accused of cheating. And there's like conspiracy theories that he had beads that were remote control operated. So somebody was like feeding him commands via vibrating beads. I did hear something about this, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although that part is almost certainly fake. Like it does seem like this guy did cheat a lot of different times. And then there's a well, case in like competitive fishing put.
1: How do you cheat playing chess? Yeah, if that's, you don't that's that's have a question. So, so okay, your...
2: because like a computer, a computer will, will beat most people, right? So you're you're basically if you're playing black, then you play as white against a computer at the hardest setting and you do the moves that your opponent is doing. And you'll see how the computer moves, so you'll get the best optimized move. And so there's accusations that he was had that information conveyed to him somehow. But
1: well, we, and don't, then know then, how. Like, we don't know. Professional
2: fishing, how. yeah, yeah. And then a professional fishing. There's this whole deal where people are stuffing the fish they caught with lead weights, and then like some, some guy got caught on it and, or like,
3: intestines of other fish, which is yeah equally it's, impressive.
2: So, so apparently I don't so know. There,
3: there was this big event. There was this big event fishing tournament that happened um, a couple weeks ago. And the winning boat, and this was, I think it was Bass, the winning bro- boat brought in 32 pounds. And second place was like 17 pounds. And they were like, that's an unbelievable margin, like crazy. And then I guess it's similar to to poker in a sense that where, this is a weird analogy, but other teams don't see other people's hauls. So apparently, the second place boat saw the first place boat and was like, "Hold on a second, that's like forty percent of the amount of fish that we have. Like, there is no possible chance that that is double our weight." And so the the officials were like, "Actually, that we didn't even think about that. That didn't that makes a lot of sense."
2: Which is insane. First
1: of all, the officials didn't think about that. And she's like, "Oh, these guys right. got twelve fish. These guys got twenty two fish, but these ones are bigger and way more. Even the same size."
3: Right. Well, anyways, they were stuffing them with with ballast, basically, and then they started doing like some internal research and found that the same team was also stuffing fish with other organs of other fish, and very, very creative and very ingenious. Um, and so now there's this whole federal investigation that's going on because apparently, over the cheating scandals that they've had their prize money's been you know close to half a million dollars yeah so it's been a
1: so i mean situation. tim you you brought this up in the sense of um of sports betting but like people like you say the prize money's worth enough that there's probably has nothing to do with the fact yeah. that
2: people are betting on it it's just there's money involved and so it's just, it just seems like the more money gets involved in these yeah fair kind of niche sports the the more motivation there is to cheat and it seems like the regulation hasn't quite caught up yet
1: so maybe it will
2: but like what are they going to do to i guess the people are i don't know there there's always going to be ways to cheat right like nobody expected somebody to stuff fish with lead weights and lead ballast right
1: but But i i've got a i've got a very (laughs) simple solution that i i would love you to tell me i'm wrong or like find the flaw in this uh why don't they just measure length
3: because depending on if it's hot or cold. It's the same temperature
0: at this time of the tournament. It was you didn't you didn't get that joke, did you? Yes, no, I did. Um,
3: it's 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 a joke about No, it's jokes. a
0: again,
1: it's cold outside and um, yeah. yeah, it's cold outside or it's hot outside. You know, it's a big, you know, it's yeah. a not know. Maybe, I mean,
2: maybe that is the solution, you know, <laughs> then
1: maybe you then the you're going to see guys metal grabbing detector. fish
2: and, and like swinging them around to try and like, elongate them.
1: Yeah, I just feel like if you I go mean, but on.
2: If you put it in a metal detector, that's not going to catch them stuffing it with other fish's organs, like you said. Right, right? which is why you can't that's go off point. weight.
1: You have to go off length. It's the longest fish ever caught or like not ever got like that's how like i know real records they have length and, and weight and all that stuff but like for these tournaments just go off the combined length of every fish you catch and you caught 14 feet worth of fish today and you win i
2: don't know i guess the the point i was trying to make on it's like and i didn't do a good job of making this but everybody talks about like in racing you're always looking for the advantage and sometimes people bend the rules and sometimes you know yeah. people cross that line for sure. um it's a lot more regulated in racing Than it seems to be in a lot of these other niche sports Well yeah but you, I mean you,
1: it's, it's like anything right they, The things they look for in tech and, In racing now They didn't look for for a long time Until somebody yeah. was caught cheating with it And now it's part of the regular rules So now yeah, yeah. I guess they're going to have to cut Every fish in half and make sure That it's <laughs> just it's own Insides before you know After they weigh it kind of thing um, Which is kind of interesting um. so I'm actually it, not it, oh sorry
2: oh no I was going to say and what's also funny to me is like this is the first time I think professional chess has been mentioned on CNN you know, like they were just talking about it today they're like yeah you know according to this report he cheated in over you know 200 games as recently as 2020 200 games <laughs> I might have that figure wrong but it was a big figure still if he was cheating the way that they
1: are alleging he was cheating it's
2: so the, the whole the beads thing, nobody's actually alleged. I, I think that started as a joke and then it, it like became part of the conversation. It sounds I like desperately hope it's true because it's hilarious. This to me. Sounds more like the
1: uh, the like baseball thing that happened where they were reading the catcher's signs to the pitcher and that alerting the batter somehow kind of thing. Yeah, it sounds more like that. Yeah. and Who knows? Anyway, uh, so I'm not actually in. Uh, the States at the moment. I am in Colombia, actually. I'm um, in Cartagena uh-huh. with my darling wife, who is, fil- am I allowed to say that you're filming here? I'm filming here. Yeah, she's filming here and um, a show. And so I'm being just, you know, I'm being the, the purse carrier uh, for, for the few days we're here. But <clears throat> flying down here and flying back from Road America, For Atlanta, I do that every time. It's something that's happened a lot recently, and just a lot in general. But definitely recently, I would like some. I would like to. I'm assuming Alex has a as an answer for this. Not just because you're a pilot, but because you're just kind of smart on stuff sometimes. Why do they keep airplanes at near freezing temperatures more often than not? Like I have been this year, uncomfortable, like, like very uncomfortably cold on so many flights and I'm Canadian. Like I don't mind a cooler temperature, but like they freeze the cabin. Is there a reason for that?
3: Yeah. Um, It's very, very, very hard to cool a cabin down once it gets hot. Whereas it's very easy to warm it up. So are you saying on the ground or in the air? In the air. Yeah, that's weird dude like, like the whole on the ground is, it's because it's because the acs like aren't that good like airplane air conditioners are not are not yes. auto air conditioners they don't right. work the same um but in the air when you're at thirty seven thousand feet and the outside air temperature is minus 35 super easy to pretty, cool it
2: down
3: yeah that's that's a really strange one there's no performance benefit from it
1: Right? It doesn't well, make any sense. I just, I've had yeah, like. I don't know. Dude, there was one flight a couple, it was probably a couple months ago now. I luckily had the row to my, it was just like a two seater and like there was nobody next yeah. to me. And thank God, cause whatever, like the, all the cold air was just blowing along the bottom of the, the cabin. And I literally had my yeah. feet up on the other seat. Cause I'm like, it's too cold. It's just, an, it's just like uncomfortably cold.
3: Yeah. I mean, exit rows, I mean, they aren't sealed very well so like there's always seepage through like the exit row doors interesting interesting um so if you have a transatlantic flight at night and even you're in like, a oh, pressurized cabin row. yeah I want the exit row because that that'll be that'll be like more legroom it's 100 percent the coolest seat on the airplane so interesting not awesome yeah hmm.
1: yeah i just i had a couple uncomfortable flights and I don't like it
3: I don't know I don't know. I would love it.
1: Yeah, you you would have been on the floor of this fight, just passed yeah. out.
3: Yeah, wouldn't you rather be cold than like stuffed in a tube, hot?
1: Yeah, like I'd rather be just comfortable. I I feel like most humans right. can be comfortable within a certain like sixty eight to seventy two range. Somewhere in there, sixty-five to seventy-five. I don't care. We'll give you ten degrees, but we were definitely outside of that. And and here's the other thing: it's super annoying when you're flying somewhere warm, but you know you've got to wear like jeans and a hoodie on the plane because it's gonna be cold. It doesn't matter where you're going. The plane, the trip there is gonna be cold.
3: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if also like this is just an assumption. It has. It's not based on fact at all. And I wonder if it. Has anything to do with they're trying to kill any germs? I mean, I know I the HEPA is really good. I did think about so that. That's probably not it, but I wonder if like they're trying to keep it a less fertile environment yes. to spread germs.
2: That is the only guess, thing that I, I, guess I thought the, of. I guess the alternative is if you're going to be crowded with a bunch of people, I'd rather be too cold and try and for bundle sure. up than than be too hot. For so for so sure. maybe air on the side of too cold. I guess. Yeah, I'm,
3: I bet they, they get way less complaints about it being too cold than they do when it's too hot so they're probably just like I don't even want to deal with talking to people
2: yeah maybe I don't know it just I wonder seems if there's like something to be said know. of like people are more docile when it's cold <laughs>
3: like, well I mean they, they purposely reduce the oxygen level like that's why you get sleepy on airplanes is because they do reduce no, I, the, get, you
2: know, I get sleepy on airplanes because I get drunk
3: <laughs> right but like the, the oxygen level is reduced from when you're on the ground a to keep people calm, um, and B just to get them to generally shut up. And that's why jet lag is such a big deal. Um, a, you have recycled air. B, you're not obviously sleeping well if you're on a overnight flight. But C, because you've been deprived of oxygen for you know seven plus hours. Wow. So I wonder if there's like no some
1: long term effects of lots of flying then and oxygen deprivation.
2: No, no probably because- just it's probably like high altitude training. You're probably like. <laughs> no cuz <laughs> so instead fit. of setting
3: the cabin <laughs> instead of setting the cabin pressure to sea level or 800 feet or wherever you came from they pr- they probably just set it to 5 or 6000 so if you're from colorado or whatever it probably you feels wouldn't notice a difference it yeah it not yeah. make a difference but you know when you're flying from LA to tokyo you're going to you're going to notice well, it
2: that's awesome. also why they put benadryl in all the coffee <laughs> 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 i'm just going to start some conspiracy <laughs> theories
1: <laughs> on, on the topic of uh, flying to Columbia, actually, uh, you guys should know that I was sitting on the plane and a gentleman walked by, so we, we boarded Miami, coming coming to Columbia, and uh, a gentleman stopped and he's like, hey man, and he stuck his hand out. He's like, big fan, love the show. And so we had a fan, I'm I, sorry, we, I didn't wanna hold up traffic, I didn't ask his name, but uh, we had someone boarding a plane in Miami Going to Columbia, that happens to be a fan of Track, which I thought was kind of cool. That is
3: kind of cool. Let's
1: insult him. I had a similar
0: similar experience
3: um, at Executive in in Zionsville. There was a pilot, um, a a commercial pilot, charter pilot, um, from northern Michigan, I believe, and knew everything about us because of his him listening to the show and he explained a lot of pilot stuff to me, which was really cool. And did he hear last week's episode where you talked
1: about wanting to to be a airline pilot? Oh no,
3: wait, that Um, wasn't on the episode, was it? No, that would I I talked to him like the Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, anyways, so guys, our reach is expanding and I think that that is wildly surprising, but also (laughs) we are very (laughs) appreciative to, you guys, for sticking with us through what we know are some pretty rough episodes. Sometimes, yes. mostly because, <laughs> mostly because James just doesn't show up and Tim can't edit. I you know,
1: show up. I just reason. have terrible internet. Right.
2: Um, you have better internet in Columbia right now than you do which is, hey, in Zeinsville. Hey, my my
1: my <laughs> my internet at home is better now. It's great. It's fine. So I don't want to.
2: Your internet at home <laughs> My wife just stopped by and (laughs) dropped off one of these. Uh, Is she single?
1: She sure isn't. For her her show, she
3: is. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) No, she isn't. That's the problem. (laughs) Anyway, anyway. um, So two things before we go. Uh, Next weekend is the Roval race for NASCAR Charlotte Roval Got a lot of
2: IndyCar people. We got a big weekend.
1: weekend. Xfinity race on Saturday. We've got Sage making another start. We've got Marco Andretti making his debut in the Xfinity series on the road course. The big fresh big off, big off his SRX championship. Very excited about that. And then Sunday in the big show, we got our boy Connor Daly, who is making his cup series debut for the money team in the Bit Nile number fifty. Awesome. Alex,
3: are you going? <clears throat> I'm not. I am doing a Canadian Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, the,
3: that, that you are now holiday. engaged
1: to an alleged holiday. You are now engaged to a Canadian. And so this is an important thing to do.
3: Yes. Correct. Right. OK. But even prior to engagement, I, Canadian Thanksgiving was kind of a thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you acknowledge that. I'm sorry. I thought you didn't care about Canadian Thanksgiving.
3: Oh, I don't. Right. That doesn't mean I don't have to go.
1: Yeah. That's true. <laughs> this is not your decision. <laughs> <laughs> so while we will not be there, we will be uh, wishing our friends a great uh, and successful did you, did weekend. You,
3: did you mention Sage? Sage is good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I said Sage. I wasn't listening.
2: Sage was first.
1: Um, so I got one other thing. I just need to run by you guys. And this is now. That, well, this is just. Okay, I lied. I don't have anything else I want to talk about. I do have something else I want to talk about, but we'll talk about it later. So you guys just have to either tune back into the show or. Follow us on YouTube. Ask Off Track. Is that our YouTube? Or we just no? We're just Off Track on YouTube, right?
2: You just search for Off Track. Yeah, because they don't give you like the personalized URLs on right. YouTube. Right. We'll search uh, Off Track
1: on YouTube for our new video series. What is it? Off Track Unhinged.
2: That's what. Yeah. That's the yeah, working we title. I haven't titled it that yet. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I'm gonna it. work on the logo for the next time we record.
1: All right. Well. Uh, Guys, thanks for tuning in. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about next weekend after this this little experience. uh, Does he have his microphone on his head? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And on that bombshell, (laughs) I think we call it a day. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network, And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at askofftrack on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpatentpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that, we mean fame.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.